It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to a new year and probably a new you in episode 12 already of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. For the first time, I get a chance to wish you a happy new year, even though by this time of the year we shouldn't be wishing anymore, but it is 2018. But it is 2018. It's uh, exciting. It's the Dirty Dozen. This it is. This is number 12. This so, is. Uh, excited to have my friend Andy Sterner on the program and so much good stuff happening. It's a phenomenal start to the year. And it's episode 12, and good things come in 12. Like, for example, beers in a pack, donuts in a box, <laughs> gauges of a shotgun, all kinds. And you, and, you, and you already introduced our guest, who is the founder and chairman at Aquamarine Partners, Andrew Sterner. You Andrew, call him Andy. He's Andrew, Andy. are you an Andrew or an Andy? Uh, it kind of depends, right? So I found that women call me Andy. That's a good sign. Uh, guys call me Andrew. That's, a good, that's a good sign. And people from the Midwest call me Drew. True, but I, I, I answer to everything. I answer that. You go, nope. hey, you, dude, all guy. Th- all three <laughs> yeah. of those work. Yeah, if yeah, if the work. women are calling you Andy, yep. that's affection. The men are calling you Andrew, that's respect. I think if they're calling you Drew, they're stoned. <laughs> because they're from California. <laughs> or they're from the Midwest and they call soda pop. Uh, yeah, right, I, don't, right. I don't get it. My, <laughs> pick up some pop. Oh, my gosh. It's 2018. The podcast continues. The book is now, believe it or not, also being printed in paperback. Paperback. You're, you're like the Beatles saying. You're a paperback Back writer. writer. You know yeah. what? Um, we, we actually, during the holiday, we did the audio book. Thank you, Ken. That was amazing. So that should be available this month. Did you read the book? Are you the voice of the audio book? I read the book. Was, was uh, Alec Baldwin unavailable? I will tell you. Or <laughs> was Morgan Freeman? I will tell you. Rule number five. I have a new rule number five. Rule number five. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Was my friend. Um, Could have got John Gruden. To I will tell you that That's I have a friend. newfound respect for those that read, read books. That was hard. Yeah, <laughs> reading, reading, reading is hard. Well, it took me three and a half hours to read the book yeah. out loud. Yes. And with all of the intonations, I was buried. But I'm excited because it really couldn't be anybody else. But there's more great news because you're such a global brand and you've brought success to so many on all of the continents. I don't remember how many there are. But other than Antarctica, all the continents, if you thought that was hard, you and Ken are recording on Saturday the version in Chinese. Yes, that's (laughs) Mandarin. It's Mandarin. Mandarin Mandarin Chinese. And we will have Mandarin Chinese food here to go along with all (laughs) How long am I in here? So we're already getting a little silly yeah, on the confessions the of a serial salesman, the podcast, the book, the 27 rules for influencers and leaders that will change your life and business. And again, now in paperback. I can't believe it's your voice. You're a shy guy. You yeah. don't like the sound of your own voice. You don't like to speak. You don't like uh, to be heard your own voice. This I, is bizarre. I, I asked people and they said, you know, when I read the book, and this is from my son and from close friends, they said they could hear my voice. So I didn't think it would be appropriate to have somebody else read my words when i read it i heard your voice in my head right and so for me what's yes. really cool is that my book winds up in bed with some people <laughs> <laughs> so now my voice will be- wait a minute hold on <laughs> elaborate on that please oh uh, no we'll, we'll, that'll be for uh, your book winds up in bed with some people well, people read their the book in bed and they listen to it and there's so friends of mine have said it's unbelievable i get into bed i have your book and you're pointing at my wife <laughs> 
You just should just make sure they're not reading the in the can. That's, that's, that's right. That's, that's right. It. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Episode twelve underway. Andrew, Andy, Drew, Sterner, founder, chairman, Akmo Marine Partners, uh, Noodleberg. How how'd you meet this cat? So it's so great. Uh, the as I say, the treasure of my life is the people I get to meet. Um, a really good friend of mine, Jamie Bruce, said, "I got a guy you need to meet." Uh, we played, uh, you know, email tag for a little while. Went down to the, his marina in Aventura, and I would say, in less than three minutes, you know, we just knew that there was something there, and that's generally the start of great relationships. And so we've been, we've become friends. We've done business together, and I can genuinely say that the more I got to know Andy, he told me early on a direction in my career uh-huh. that I should take, which is what I'm actually doing today. So he kind of showed you the path. So he was one of those guys so who that said, way. listen, I see you have success doing all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of doing this? And really? That's the quality of a good friend who says, listen, I don't care what everybody else is saying. This is where you are unmatched. And to this day. Well, and, and it's tough to do that. Yeah. Right? So you're I to mean, blame. So you're I, to blame. I, I, am, I am to blame. Every, <laughs> Thanks for nothing. It's my pleasure. Um, but think about that, right? Steve's got this marketing firm. I, I've hired him, and I've got to sit down and say, Steve, this, this isn't you, right? Like, you've got this quality that resonates with me as an amazing connector, salesman, the energy you bring. It's phenomenal. Have you thought about pivoting in your career? And, you know, from there, you know, I did. He did. I did. Yeah, and I kept, wild. you know, every su- subsequent times we got together, I would validate it and validate it. And we haven't seen each other in a while. But when he tells you his story, which is spectacular, well, the man now lives on a boat. So let's, let's hear this story. <laughs> let's begin at the beginning because oh, that's man. why it's called the beginning. He is the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Lo- yeah. Lawyer to yeah. – it's, entre- it's, it's funny, actually. Now, are you, do you live on a boat because legally you're not a citizen and welcome <laughs> in any country? So you stay in international waters? That's the goal. That's the goal. Because no, we, are, I, we are doing this podcast right now from 30,000 feet above. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Central America. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, if we want to get into that, I don't, uh, we don't have enough time to tell the whole story, but I will tell you this. I've been with my wife now for 30 years, and – 30 years ago, when we were first dating, we talked about what did we want to do in our life. And what we decided uh, was, and it's amazing, I think, that you can visualize something that long ago and and actually come to realize it. And Mm -hmm. I I thank her for it. But we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go. We're going to focus on our careers. We're going to raise our family. And when we turn 50, we're going to implement what we called our 15-year plan. All right. And each year for the 15 years between 50 and 65, we're going to go have a different experience. We're, one year we called it Lost in America. We're going to get an RV. We're just going to drive around the country. That's one awesome. Year, one year we're going to live in a Tibetan monastery. One <laughs> year, I mean, these are 20-year-olds talking about you know fantasy land. And here I am. I'm 53. And, and this Fort Lauderdale boat show just a few months ago, we said, let's do it, right? So uh, we bought a boat, and um, we we – started the first year of our 15-year plan. So we're, we're living on this boat. We're sold this house, sold there. I mean, well, boom. You know. It's, it's, you know, learn to earn. <laughs> learn to earn is, learn is to obviously earn. Our, one of our themes. Right. Of, rule of number eight the, of the book. Yeah. Now in paperback. <laughs> An audio book. Read by Steve. Read by Steve Noodleberg. When you go to the Tibetan monastery where you can't speak for months, how long did <laughs> Steve last? <laughs> so it's, it's fascinating you say that because there is something called Vipassana 
which is this this um, ten day silent meditation retreat. Good luck with and, that, Steve. And and friends of mine tell me that for me especially because of how insane I am, this is something I have to do. Wow. And uh, and I think my wife and I are actually going to really? go do it. My son, Whoa. who just backpacked around the world, he did it. So, so, so that's the difference between a lot of people I know. Andy does stuff. He lives it. You talk it and then do it. He lives it. Don't just dream it. And but isn't this, part, That's unreal. isn't this part of the true entrepreneurial spirit? And that is we're going to take risks and chances and go places others haven't and not be comfortable in the mundane and the routine. Isn't that part well, of the overall? Why don't you quickly tell them the, you know, the, 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 the trail, like lawyer yeah. in New York. So, you know. yeah, I'll give you 25, 20 now, seven years in, in 27 seconds. So, uh computer programmer in the 70s and 80s so i was sort of way out there yeah, on the i didn't edge. even know that yeah yeah i started i went i went to undergraduate as a dual major in engineering and business i i wanted to be a computer geek um turned bankruptcy lawyer weird long story uh-huh. but but actually um did that for almost three and a half years and about a year in i knew it wasn't a fit for me um so my two best friends from law school and i one of whom is now my wife um, started our first startup in 1991. Okay. Now, at the time, there was no internet. There was no, none of this. So the only ubiquitous inter- interactive device that existed was a touchtone telephone. Right. So we started a platform for interactive services. So we, we had a business called Food Phone. Think of it like the world's, Food Phone. Think of it like the world's first open table. You could dial 777-FOOD, get a restaurant guide, make reservations, right? So That's wound brilliant. Up, wound up selling that business to the guys at Movie Phone. Remember Movie Phone? Of course. Right? Hello. Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> By the way, I, speaking of voiceovers, because you were talking about your voice, I tried to be the voice of Food Phone. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm under the table trying to get an echo. I mean, it was crazy. Um, so I recognize how hard it is. Food phone. Um, the guys at Movie Phone uh, bought my business in '93, and I became VP of Business Development there. Developed all the ticketing systems for for Movie Phone. So if you ever bought a movie ticket online or at, at a movie theater somewhere, some line of code that we wrote back in the early '90s is probably still in how that about software. That? And then at the dawn of the internet, I met a guy named Mike Levy, um, also a serial entrepreneur who had an idea for a bulletin board service because this is 1994. Mm-hmm. Earlier, sports right. gamblers yep. called Sportsline, mm-hmm. and you know we met, we talked, um, we talked about the internet at the time. He's like, "Yeah, that, that's what we're going to do. We're going to do this not as a bulletin board. We're going to do this as a um, as an online service." And we launched Sportsline in August of '95, and. That went on to be a, just a phenomenal success. What a collection of talent that place was. I mean, Holy I got to tell you, I, I, as an entrepreneur, God. I talk about this all the time. One of Mike Levy's greatest strengths was identifying talent. That was the right? A team for sure. And he put together an amazing team. And, and it was one of those, it, it was eight years of my life. And it was one of those phenomenal, all the stars aligned. And look, we were up against the ESPN. I mean, this was, this was no joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, built it into CBS Sportsline, ultimately took it public, and right. sold it to CBS. It was a phenomenal experience for a 30-year-old, which in, the, in those days I was old. At the right time of the Internet. No doubt. You know, you take the whole, um, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, kind of uh, uh, approach to this, and you say right place, right time, tipping right point. experience, yeah. tipping point. Yeah. Tipping sure. point. Yeah, totally. Um, did that right before CBS bought it. I started my next startup, which, funny enough, was – 
Aquamarine Partners, that was now 16 years ago, which was a marina company. So I went from the most digital-type businesses to the most analog business. To 1,200 sailing ships. <laughs> well, right, to literally not literally knowing. Literally, the, the technology <laughs> is the oldest form of travel. Well, I mean, think about it, right? I go from 15 years of digital businesses where your customers are this faceless, embodied, you know, you don't know who these people are, to customers nose-to-nose with you telling you that you're doing a good job or a bad job, and mm-hmm. really, and people are pretty passionate about it. Um, and we built that company up, but always with an eye towards where can we innovate, where can we disrupt the marine industry. Um, and so we've done a lot of marine startups along the way, started a try to replace forklifts at uh, dry storage marinas with computer-operated overhead bridge cranes, um, started huh. this company called uh, BoatSetter.com. BoatSetter.com. Yeah, think Airbnb meets Uber for boating. That's okay. where that's where we worked together. That's what, that was the company. You teamed up boatsetter.com, think Airbnb, but for boating. Exactly. Right? So boats sit idle 95% of the time. Right. Right? And they're, for most people, they're probably the most expensive one next to their house. Probably Terrible the most investment, expensive. which is a great idea why you just bought one. <laughs> right? That's how you know you made it. You're as smart as you are. You know it's a bad idea and you can do it anyway. Actually, you know, I went into the boat show with a very specific thesis, right? I was not looking to buy a boat. I was looking to steal a boat. Right. And, and I stole it. There you go. So I, we did Something well. tells me you win most of those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Something tells me oh, you yeah. win most negotiations. Believe me. Back, I said most. Back to learn to earn. Yes. You learn nothing from success and everything from failure. Correct. One of the things that we learned wow. very, very early on is, you know, go, go back again, early Internet days, the guys at Yahoo, everything that these guys did, everyone oohed and odd and said, oh, my God, these guys are geniuses. And we would look at it and go, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen anybody do. But, oh, Yahoo did it. So, you know, we, had, we were battle-hardened. We, we had all the scars of trying to fight the good fight. And, and I think that that's pivotal. I think you can't. You have to be willing to take that risk and get out there and be willing to skin your knee. If you're not, you, you know, you, you're not going to really learn it. This business now, BoatCenter.com, this is, like you said, kind of Uber in yachting, right? So we're taking the idea, the platform of instant need and simplifying it where, hey, you need a boat, pit, boom, we can make it happen for yeah. you tomorrow. Exactly. It's like on-demand. On-demand boat. I, I want to go boating, boating tomorrow, yeah. boom. You know, so, uh, you know, the idea when it was presented to us, I was like, oh, you know, I'm not a guy that knows how to boat. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be on the water. I don't want to drive the boat. Right. So for me and, and many, 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 you know, millions of people like me, what a great alternative. So I can go out, spend time on the water, have a captain take me, do what I want to do. And then when it's over. Yeah, and that, and, and that was the real key insight yeah. because, you know, we were talking earlier about these big mega yachts and everything. I don't think until we launched boats that are anyone ever thought, hey, I can put a captain on a 27-foot boat. And, and it, it changes the experience. It changes totally. everything. Yeah, it's sure like, people have compared it to having a caddy when you play golf. Correct. You know like, what? That's ever done enough. it. That's a really if you've ever good done enough. it, you're right. like, oh, my God, I'll never go, right. I'll never go boat, you know, ca- playing golf again without a caddy. It's the same thing uh, for me uh, on Aren't a boat. the best ideas improving existing ideas? In a way. Isn't it finding, uh, identifying a need and saying, hold on a second. There's a, or improving so a way that does it because boat clubs exist, right? right? But this isn't any membership and all that. This is oh, guess what? Tomorrow, let's do this. Correct. And and the other part of it is boat clubs are are finite fleets, right? right. So you join a boat club. There's fifteen or twenty boats. Mm-hmm. They're generally not the best quality boats, right? They get kind of beaten up. Um, these are privately owned. These are people's you know possessions that they take incredible care sure. of. Um, and it's global. We have 10,000 boats all over the world. 
Um, they're all sizes. I can go out, and this is the other thing. In a boat club, you've got very limited types of boats. Here, I can take out a little 18-foot pontoon boat, you know, to go and putz around right. with my, my wife and kids today, or I can take out a 100-foot yacht tomorrow Amazing. and entertain clients, or I can go sailing in the Caribbean the next day. I mean, it's, it's this incredibly enlightening experience. Amazing. So, so one of the things that I admired right from the get-go with Andy, no matter what business you're in, no matter what the idea is, it's all about execution. Mm-hmm. Our friend uh, Nick Saban last night showed us that it's the process, and Andy's a great process guy. The, the st- when I got to work within the framework of the other people with Boat Setter early on, there were a lot of challenges, lots. Stuff that would knock most people out of the game, if you have the right process, that's where the failures and become learnings and the learnings become new opportunities. And so, so I, 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 especially coming off last night, you know, down 13, nothing, Nick Saban doesn't abandon the process. Mm -hmm. Great entrepreneurs. And I do consider you a great entrepreneur. Um, they, they invest in process. It's the system. It's what we know how to do. My rules are a process for salespeople that when you get kicked in the teeth, you can come back and manage yourself and manage your mindset because defeat sucks, but it's it's a, a but, you know so it's that it's that perseverance aspect. But yeah. but I look I appreciate what you're saying for sure. But I want to really be clear about this. You know, you mentioned the sports line, the A team, the whole thing. I was young. I was 30 years old. What I learned there is what I didn't know, right? And and so that's the most important thing. Like we were talking earlier about really knowing yourself. And when you're out of alignment with yourself, you don't know your blind spots. If you don't know what you suck at, wow. you know, you lose, right? So one of the things Hence I coaching. learned, That's what coaching yeah, for and one of the things I learned is I'm actually a shitty operator, right? I'm actually, I know you that about pain me. In the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about, it's about knowing yourself. I'm a, I'm a, I, I have a vision for something. I have tenacity and, and, you know, I will work at it 24 seven. I don't sleep much. I only sleep four hours a night. I always have. I'm sort of a, it's, but don't suffer. But from you it. look good though. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't it, need it. Jeans or what? Because, I think it's genetic. Because I you don't said you're married for 30 years and in my mind, I'm doing the math. How's it possible? This cat looks like he's about 43 years old. <laughs> no, happy I'm people. Happy nah, people. it's all yeah. I'm not happy. I'm a curmudgeon. You ask my <laughs> right. team, they think I'm miserable. So, so you've said two <laughs> things today that I was preaching yesterday. Okay. And I just met you 25 minutes ago. I was telling some people yesterday, it's more important to know what you don't know yeah. than it is to know what you know. 100%. And the second thing I was telling these young people was, is that, you know, the idea of making mistakes and screwing up. And I said, listen, you're going to learn a whole lot more from when you do it wrong than what you learn from when you're doing it right. As long as you don't kill yourself as long as for you, it. As, yeah. yeah, and you don't make that same mistake again. But you can even afford to make the mistake again because, you know, we're not perfect, right? right? But you've got to be willing to learn from it and go, oh, crap, I did that thing again. But what I found is the key to my success has been surrounding myself with people that help fill the voids of where I'm not good, right? And, and that's where I've, at, awesome. you know, at my age now, finally come to. I'm going to stay in my lane. I, I'm going to do oh, what I do really, that. really well. Is that about delegation? It's more than delegation because you can delegate and then micromanage, and that was another really it, early is lesson. It, is it taking your hands off the wheel and trusting those? It is, it is but while holding them accountable. Right. Because you can also do that to the wrong extreme. You can delegate to the point of of, you know, you, you've got to give them enough rope to hang themselves. So you've got to let them succeed or fail on their own. But you've got to be there to pick them up. Right. So you can't become completely disconnected. 
fail. Yeah, of course. Right. And you have to be willing to let them. Right. You have to build a culture That's that allows that failure. And then the hardest part for especially a type A person who's very driven is to pick your team back up again and go, don't worry about it. You, you, you failed there. It's okay. You took a chance. I reward you for that. Let's keep moving. That's a tough, that's a tough balancing. And you mentioned, Andy, earlier, from the book, rule number eight, learn to earn. Yeah. To some eyes, uh, learn to earn for you means what? And I know you mentioned Malcolm Gladwell. And we could all use to, you know, as we're reading your book, read Malcolm's stuff, too. Tons of great content. But, but, what, but what is it? Because you're a guy that did it, and then you said, okay, let's do this. And then, okay, you went and did that again. And, and you've, your well, path I, has continued to. I'm a lifelong learner, right? I mean, if you look at the startups that I've been involved in and the business I've been involved in, they're all in different industries. They're all in different. I'm actually starting. Why? I, I'm fascinated by throwing myself into something I know nothing about <laughs> and learning from people. You have like eight books on your nightstand too, uh, I, like I, I do? They're all on the phone, but uh, yeah. Yeah, they're all on the And you're there. reading four at the same time? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you, do, do you finish them? Sometimes. <laughs> okay. <'Cause laughs> I, don't know I don't finish a lot of books. <laughs> I, don't finish a lot. I mean, I, I get what I get out get of it. Get what right? you get. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Yeah, but I prefer to learn from people. I really do. I, and he I, brings I, up a great point. Staying in your lane for some reason, entrepreneurs think they need to be really good at everything. Yeah. You know, uh, so understanding what you're good at, and for me, it took almost my whole career to figure out I'm really good at speaking, training, you know, this whole biz dev mentality. I was not a great CEO. I, I don't really, details, you know, all of that kind of stuff isn't my not, no, it's not your strengths. Not my yeah. strengths. So, but, but I thought, you know, for many years, and that's why, um, being able to accept when people say something to you and, you know, Andy came into my life for a reason, you know, more than a season. Um, it was important. I listened and I said, you know what? He might be right. And since that time, that's about four, yeah. Yeah, four or five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Three, and five, since yeah. that time, my All career right. has flourished. I have never been happier. And so, you know, I hugged him outside because, you know, the ability to listen when someone gives you that kind of criticism is another lesson, you know? Yeah, well, it depends how you do it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I said it with love. I mean, yeah. I, I, I totally. wanted you to be successful at what you were doing and love your... And your all I want to do is go to his house this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Look, f- f- very house dear, the boat. I'm uh, going uh, to his house this Saturday, so we're going out on the boat. You want, you want <laughs> a very dear... You know, I'll tell you another little side note about learn to earn, because this is important about being a lifelong love learner. Uh-huh. So there's a, um, a not-for-profit that came to Miami three and a half years ago called Endeavor. Okay. And Endeavor is this incredible global organization that, that exists to help... Um, High impact entrepreneurs succeed, right? So we find they. Go, I mean, they started in Latin you just America. Won an award for so we, yeah, we just won Endeavor Entrepreneur. It took us um, three years to win. Wow. I had to take a trip to Dubai and get rejected. I, I mean, it's really fascinating. But one of the things that is is really interesting about that is when I was first approached about it, they asked me to be a mentor. And I was an early stage startup. Uh, you know, I'm 50 year old CEO <laughs> since of a startup, which right. is just a complete, ancient. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a complete disconnect. <laughs> is that old so, for a startup? Oh yeah, oh, 50 year yeah. old. Uh, uh, there are 25 year olds. Doing yeah, it. this is a young person but it, sport. But it, but it doesn't have to be. That it doesn't way. have to You're be. Proof. I, I, of course, it doesn't have to be. Those 50 year olds listening right now, and they're like, "Hold on, I but, can't." Uh, no, 100 actually could. It's you just, can, but uh, I'm just saying that starting point. early in life is a good thing. It's also just what are you starting, right? So a tech startup is a little different than if I went and bought a, an existing business or whatever. But I'm not um, – the point I'm making of the story is when the managing director, Laura Maiden, came to me and said, will you be a mentor? 
I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't want to be a mentor. I want to be a mentee. I want to learn. Wow. I want to be an Endeavor entrepreneur. I don't want to be an Endeavor mentor. <laughs> so she was like, great. You know, let's, let's, I'm, I'm probably one of the oldest Endeavor but, mentors. But that <laughs> so validates yeah. learn to earn better I, than just exactly about right. anything like, because 25-year-old kids see the world differently. Yeah. And they yeah. definitely have a perspective that, you know, and, is, and, is and, worth listening to. And well, well you know that uh, back in 2010, I started an angel investment group down in Miami with the specific double bottom line for me was I want to surround myself with these young entrepreneurs because I want to not only give back, but I want to learn from them. I want right. to stay relevant over the next 20 years. Right. That's important. You talked about recognizing uh, what people's strengths are, what they're good at. I'm asking you, Andy, what, what is Steve good at? Oh, wow. I mean, look, what, what are Steve, his strengths? What is he, he, I mean, I've, I've, said it, I've said it already. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The, the man is a connector. He has got energy that is boundless. He's a salesman salesman. I mean, that's what I saw in him. I saw, I saw this guy who has this incredible talent. And it's funny, as an entrepreneur, and this is the perspective I brought to it, I was a startup entrepreneur, and there are thousands of digital marketing agencies. And that was what Steve had, was right. a digital marketing agency. I said, I can find that commodity anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I can't find anywhere? I can't find an outsourced sales agency. We needed sales. And I said, Steve, there's the, there's the white space in the world. There's the market opportunity to do sales. And it is in your DNA. That, that's what I saw. And that's what I still see. Same saw. question. Steve Newberg, what is Andy good at? Uh, what is he really good at? So he is one of the smartest people that I have ever had the pleasure to work with. Really? So I think he is genuinely very intelligent most people of that intelligence are not able to communicate to people correct and so Different side is. of the brain right he's a for me that was the thing like wow here's a guy incredibly bright that can also like um pour guinness with me in dublin <laughs> yeah well that was a great story i mean it, actually if you Don't think about it we didn't really start working together until after that that's exactly right, right. so we met about? early but didn't start working together so it was probably six months or so <laughs> after we met and we are both going to the largest internet conference in the world which was in dublin totally independently uh -huh. i had no idea steve was going to be there he had no idea i was going to be there he was working for a different client and we walk into the lobby of the hotel having just both landed in, early in, the in dublin like, early in the morning, morning. <laughs> and holy shit steve what what are you doing here andy what are you doing here what are we going to do this conference opens at six well let's go to the guinness storehouse we, we, we are in dublin <laughs> we're in dublin Cork. let's go to the guinness storehouse so we literally at 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> go to the guinness storehouse go on the tour Break out of the tour within minutes of starting to hit the pub. Yes. Drink two or three pints. Learn how to pour a pint I was going to ask you, do you know how to properly pull so, a pint? Uh, learn to yeah. earn, right? We learned how to pour a pint. There's a problem to pull a pint. you got to pull it and then you got to push it back. And then we go, okay, we still have another three hours. What are we going to do? So we asked the guard, where's the Jameson distillery? Are you so serious? We walked to the Jameson distillery <laughs> in like 14 degree weather. <laughs> skip the tour, start drinking Jameson. Both fall in love with Jameson, oh, by the way. We moved from, uh, from any scotch we were drinking to Jameson. We now stumble back to the hotel. Opening event is a surprise event. 
We get to the lobby. They're like, okay, guys, everybody on the bus. We're going to the Guinness storehouse. <laughs> we're like, oh, God. So we went back to the Guinness get off the bus. They're like welcoming you. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Randy, what, are you, what are the chances that in the first 12 hours in Dublin, we're at the Guinness store twice? Right. <laughs> well, we, That's been pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Knowing you, Steve Nilberg, those odds are pretty good. But I will say that Steve looked at me afterwards and said, Andy, I thought I knew who you were and what oh, you were. Yeah. And that. he's like, dude, this is not what I right. thought you were. So Because right, I uh, looked at him as more <laughs> cerebral than a guy that can hang with me and drink all day. And we it, laughed. I mean, it was. And you were there on behalf of a, of a different client. This correct. goes back yeah. to, you know, we talked about it in earlier episodes of the podcast, you know, about relationships and people that you like and develop. You're not selling Andy here on anything. No, no, no. And you're going on, you're going to drink uh, pints of Guinness together, and you realize that there's ways but, that But we let me tell you something fascinating about that, because I learned something from Steve that day. So it's funny. We're, this conference is about raising money. So all these uh, venture capitalists are there, and all these companies are there, and we're competing in a competition. And his client and I, who we became friends through Steve, is also competing. The, the, his client has found a way to get the database of all the investors and has sent out mass emails to all the investors. And Steve hears this and goes, because I said, hey, give me the list. I want to do the same thing. He said, Andy, what the hell are you doing? That's a mistake. You don't send spam emails to these guys. Have, are you on LinkedIn? And I said, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. You forgot this. I said, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. He said, look, here's what you do. We're going to grab that list, and you're going to go on LinkedIn. And every one of these names, first of all, you're going to be surprised how many people you have a connection in common with. And what you're going to do is you're going to go out and go, okay, here's VC number one. You're going to go to his or her profile, and you're going to see, are you connected via somebody? Then you're going to write to that person who you know and say, can you connect me to this person? So now I go from a cold spam email right. to a warm introduction. And I'm like, this guy understands how to network and sell. And that's when I hired him. And it worked. And right. that's when I hired him. It worked. Yeah. I, I said, you, that you know what? Brilliant. What a great reminder. I, yeah. I mean, with that's so brilliant. much stuff on my plate. No, it stuck I mean, with I, me. To me, typical. I just remembered drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Two trips to the Guinness uh, warehouse in 10 hours. Yes. We have since had... Jameson events where we just said, listen, we haven't seen each other. Let's go grab a Jameson. The point I'm trying to make for, for all the listeners, the millions of, of listeners of this podcast is tens. Is, is, well, not tens of millions, just tens. <laughs> is that you can find, you can learn from anyone, yep. anywhere, anytime, if you're open to putting your ego aside and just listening to what you're being told and, and not thinking you have all the answers. And believe me, my, my nickname is AR, right? Always right. <laughs> I think I'm always right all the time. But I'm also – so I'm not arrogant, but I'm also humble enough to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can be – maybe I'm yeah. wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm awesome. Wrong. There's your aha moment right there. There it is. For episode number Comes 12. all the time. Andy Sterner, founder, chairman, Aqua Marine Partners. And again, BoatCenter.com, fabulous idea. Thank, thank you. you for joining Pleasure. us today. And thank you for saying nice things about Steve. Nobody does. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> he gets paid, right? He gets a check on the way out. That's up to you, kid. That's up to you. Steve says that we, don't, we don't ask people, how you doing? How's it going? Instead, we say, tell me something good. It's a weekly tradition, but you live it every day. And I know there's some good things that you want to tell me and your audience on this close of the 12th episode. Here's the good. Uh, for those that stayed up late last night and watched Alabama and Georgia, yep. it validated uh, one of the principles I try and teach people today, tomorrow, and basically how they can frame up their year, and it's called a repeatable process. 
Nick Saban has created a, a repeatable process. So I thank him. The, the good is, is that if you create a repeatable process, success can be yours and happiness and friendships and all the things that we get. And really the good thing, to be perfectly frank, is I'm going on the boat on Saturday. Amen. <laughs> There's a lot of boat talk here. Yeah. 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 That's what you're most excited about yeah. that. And go to boatsetter.com. <laughs> go to boatsetter.com. got to give him a code noodle something, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why not? of a serial salesman, 27 rules for influencers and leaders that will change your life and business. Now available in paperback and also with the dulcet tones of one Steve Noodleberg where he reads it himself. God bless you. Want to do it again? Paperback. You know what? Paperback, I think yeah. we're going to do it again. Do we it got again. a great lineup of guests again. coming up. I'm not sure they're going to be better than this no. one. No, this one flowed, guys. This well, uh, just saying, Andy, you know, it's possible to record this from the boat. <laughs> if you want, we <laughs> could do it. Done. Done. Three you know miles offshore. Yeah. We could do an episode. We'll do a boat setter. We'll do a boat setter event. Our yeah. thanks again to Andy Location. Sterner, Aquamarine Partners, and BoatSetter.com. And for Steve Nudelberg, it is Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. Thanks. And we will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast.